And if you were wondering where Pastor Mike was, he wasn't hidden behind a curtain. He wasn't doing a Wizard of Oz impersonation. He has COVID and he's home, so he did the recording for us so that we could play it here this morning. And I'll be reading one verse from John chapter 1, verse 14 in the Koine Greek. The Bible, the New Testament is written in what's called Koine Greek. For a long time, they didn't know what Koine Greek was. They thought it was the Holy Spirit Greek because it was so different than classical Greek until they began to find things like shopping lists among the archaeological finds and began to realize it was just the common Greek of the day. God speaks to us in the common language. Koine means common. In John 1.14, we read this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. By the way, kids, there were 10 languages today. See if you can count them all and see if you can see where all 10 of the different languages were. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's good to be gathered here on Christmas Eve. I love Christmas Eve. I love Christmas Day. It's a great time of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And it's not just the birth of a great man who lived 2,000 years ago. It's what we just read there from John, that God entered our world, that the Word took on flesh and dwelt among us. That's the real miracle of Christmas. Uh, Christmas is so important to the whole picture of Scripture because what it means is that we're not alone in this broken and fallen world. Jesus has come to us and he's come to meet us where we're at, to meet us and give us the meaning, the purpose that we would love to have in this world. You know, what Christmas always does for me, it makes me think about time <laughs> and how quickly things are passing. Uh, one of the things that I think about just recently, I was talking to my wife about this, is remember when my kids were nine and five and running down the stairs and all excited about opening their presents and how quickly those days just came and went. Anyone with me on that? And it makes me think about now because now they're 21 and 17. I, I don't want to lose this moment because before you know it, they're going to be out of the house too. They're going to be living on their own. They're going to have their own families and Lord willing, I'll have a bunch of grandkids to spoil. But until then, take advantage of the moment, the present that I'm in right here and right now. That also makes me think about the future. What will the future look like? Will I have, how many grandkids will I have if I do someday have grandkids? And what will they be like? And what kind of relationship will I have with them? What will future Christmases be like? Christmas, because it comes and goes so fast, makes us think about the passage of time. Um, and of course, I'm not alone in this. Everyone's ever heard of, of course, A Christmas Carol, the great Charles Dickens novel, probably his most famous one. What is Christmas, uh, the Christmas Carol all about? It's about the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, the ghost of Christmas future coming to meet Scrooge, giving him this perspective of time, of the past and redeeming the past and what's going on in the present that he's missing out on and what potential future there is. 
Because Christmas really meets us in all three. It's God coming to dwell with us as his people and meets us and meets the greatest and the deepest of human needs. We see that right, by the way, in John 1.14. We're going to look a little more deeply on, on that. Jesus is Lord over the past. He's Lord over all of history. We learn, again, that Jesus is not someone who just lived 2,000 years ago. He is the Word made flesh. What is the Word? The logos in the Greek the reason, the revelation of God. Actually, in the, all throughout the Old Testament, God is constantly seeking to reveal himself. He wants to be known by people, and particularly, of course, in the Old Testament, his people, Israel. And he does that by the word of the Lord. In fact, the word of the Lord almost takes on a persona in the Old Testament. The word of the Lord comes to the prophet Isaiah. The word of the Lord comes to the prophet Jeremiah. And what we see here then in John 1.14 is John says the word takes on flesh, becomes human, enters into our world in space and time, and dwells among us. The word for dwells among us there literally means to pitch his tent with us. It's to tabernacle with us. As God dwelt with his people in the temple or in the tabernacle, so he dwells with us in the person of his son, Jesus. Jesus is Lord over all history. Not just the last 2,000 years, but all time from the very beginning. All of history, all of this universe, all of human history, and not just of one people, but of all nations. Of the Latvians and the Germans and the Koreans and the African nations, and I don't want to leave anyone out, I'm sure I did, the Spanish nations and so forth, the Polis, the Lord of all people. At the center of history is the life of Jesus. In fact, we even count that by our years, right? How many years B.C.? How many years A.D.? The center of history is Christ himself, God entering into our world. In fact, it's almost, it's a basically considered a fact that Jesus really did live, by the way. Uh, sometimes you'll hear an objection to the Christian faith on the popular level that maybe Jesus is a myth that's created by the church. Maybe he didn't really live at all. Um, actually, historians have complete confidence that Jesus actually live. We have multiple different sources of evidence for that, not only the scriptures themselves, but we have Josephus, the ancient historian. We have Tacitus, Roman authors who mention Jesus. The Talmud mentions Jesus. But the real question is not whether Jesus lived. He did. Who is he? Is he really the Lord of life? He is the Lord over all history. The Bible says he is. And he's not just the Lord of history. He's the Lord of your history of your past. Jesus knows all of your mistakes. He knew you when you were a baby. He knew you when you were a child. He knew you when you were a teenager. He knew you into your adult years. He knows all of your sins. He knows all of your mistakes. He knows all of your most deepest, darkest secrets that no one else knows. Jesus knows already your most embarrassing moment. Let me tell you mine. No, I'm just kidding. No way, I'm going to tell you mine. He knows it. And he still loves you. He sees you. When you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been good or bad. But what does he do? He offers grace, not judgment. You know, the, uh, the historical... St. Nicholas lived in uh, Turkey 
lived in Smyrna, which is modern-day Turkey, and just as of recently, his crypt has been found. And above his crypt are these beautiful frescoes of the risen Christ. Kids, just so you know, all right, Santa Claus was a Christian. He loved Jesus, okay? He was a, the bishop of Smyrna, and he loved Jesus, and he had put his faith in him. Friends, some of us struggle with our history. We struggle with our past. One of the deepest needs for us as human beings is, what about all of my regrets? What about all of my shame? What about all the things I've done wrong? You know, if your answer to that is karma, it's not a great answer. That means you have to balance out in your life all the bad things you've done with good things. And if you do that, you'll break even. All right? So I don't know how you guys are doing, but I don't think I'm anywhere near breaking even. And for, of course, that gives no hope at all to those who have really messed it up, who've messed it up for 60 years, 70 years. We've done baptisms here for 69-year-olds, for 70-year-olds in this very church. The promise here is not simply be a good enough person to balance out your bad. It's that God offers something called grace. Grace and mercy and forgiveness. Our deepest need is to find an answer to our guilt and to our shame. And that's why God was in our world. That's why Jesus came, lived, died on the cross for us, and rose from the dead. Going back to A Christmas Carol, really the story of Scrooge is such a sad one. And when he was younger, he was actually full of love. He actually fell in love with someone, wanted to marry her. And what does she say? Another idol has displaced me, Ebenezer. Scrooge says, what idol has displaced you? Her answer is, a golden one. All your other hopes have merged into the hope of being beyond the chance of sordid reproach. I have seen your nobler aspirations fall off one by one until the master passion, gain, engrosses you. What do you do with an old Ebenezer? Is there any hope for him? Is there any grace? Is there any forgiveness? Yes, and of course, Charles Dickens was a believer, was a Christian. There is mercy, there's forgiveness. God meets us in Christmas past. But look, notice what also, he meets us right here in the present. Uh, he makes God's glory known to us. The glory here being referred to, again, is that Shekinah glory of God. The glory of God dwelt in the form of a cloud. It was a way, a visible representation of the presence of God in the temple. So ancient Israel knew that he was there with him, with them. Well, here it said he is revealing the glory of God, his greatness, his power, his majesty, his love to us in the person of his son, Jesus. He dwelt among us and reveals his glory. A little later in this chapter, in verse 18, it says he exegetes the father to us. That's what a preacher does. He exegetes the text uh, so that people can understand the Bible. Jesus is the exegesis of God to this world so that we can see and know him. And friends, he meets us right here and right now in the present time. You know, time itself is kind of funny. It's kind of hard to really wrap your mind around. It's confusing. Time isn't even constant, right? We know this from the theory of relativity, not that I fully understand this at all, but depending on where you are in the universe, time would pass differently. If you're at a part of the universe where there's greater gravity, time passes differently than where we are here. It's not even a constant in this world. What even is time? When you think about it, right, everything that has gone before us is in the past, and the only way we know anything about that is through either reading about it or our memories. 
little synapses going off in our brain. And everything that is before us hasn't happened yet. We only have a thoughts or projection of what is to come. So what is the present? Well, it's like a little dot that is moving along a line called time. And that's where we live, experiencing everything. And that's where God calls us into relationship with himself. See, it's not just that God deals with our past. He deals with our guilt. He deals with our shame. He calls us even today into reconciliation with himself. He wants you to be in relationship with him. He adopts us. He puts his spirit in us. He calls us to then serve him. We saw just a small representation again of the nations. God's desire is that all the nations would be reached by the good news, including your next door neighbor and your friends and your coworkers if you're a Christian. He calls us to share the good news. He wants you now. To meet our greatest need would not just be to deal with the past, that which is before us, that which is already gone. What about today? (laughs) Is there any meaning and purpose and value to my life today? What am I supposed to be doing with life? God calls us to glorify him and enjoy him forever. He calls us into relationship with himself in the present. But then we have the future. When you think about it, this is really the most important thing. He says he comes with being full of grace and truth. Grace, the the covenantal, faithful commitment of God to his people. His love for us. His unmerited favor towards us. And God always keeps his promises. God is always faithful to his people, even when we're faithless. Truth, his word, his promises of what's to come. God never turns on his promises. He's a God who always keeps his word. This is something that is truly timeless. It affects us today. He offers that same grace and truth today and will carry us into the future. For those who know God and have a relationship with him, we can be fully assured and confident that that knowledge of God, that faithfulness of God, will carry us not only in this life, but in the life to come. You can see God's purpose in coming and sending his son isn't just to deal with our past for the last 50 years, let's say, if you're 50, and maybe to be with you in the present for the next 50 years, if you get to live a 100-year life, that's a pretty good life, right? What about eternity future? What about death itself? You know, the future can be such a scary thing. People oftentimes get scared of, you know, where, where are we going? What's happening? What's happening in our country? We seem to be more and more divided than we've ever been. And where is that going to head? And who knows? We see technology that's changing so rapidly and how, we're, you know, social media is sort of changing things. And where is that headed? And of course, we don't know what is about the future of human beings and where are we headed, you know, the this, this threats of nuclear war, that's sort of an extinction-level threat against us. This pandemic, we just dealt with COVID, still dealing with COVID to some degree. COVID is not even the worst, most deadly, fatal type of disease out there and yet not even the most contagious. What could, what could happen? And if we say, no, we're going to figure it out, we're going to continue li- to last as long as we possibly can as human beings, just strictly from a human perspective, Our sun only has about 5 billion years, so the clock is ticking, all right? It's about half its life is over, 5 billion years, got about 5 billion to go. Then what? Then what, right? So what does the future really hold? But really, more importantly, personally speaking, for each of us, where does our future hold? What about death itself? What happens after the grave? Really, all that really matters, when you think about 100 years in the perspective of eternity... Does God meet us in the future? 
And the promise of the Bible is yes. The promise of Christmas is that not only has God dealt with our sins in the past, not only does he meet with us here in the present and call us into relationship with himself, but he gives us the gift and the promise of eternal life. That those who put their faith in him can take great assurance that he will never leave or forsake us. That death is not the final word. That those who belong to him, he will carry with him into all eternity. Why is Christmas so important, friends? Because it means God was in our world. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And why was God in our world? Because he's the Lord over our past and he offers grace and forgiveness to all who come to him. He meets us in the present, calls us into relationship with himself. And Jesus holds the future in his hands. Scrooge said this towards the end of A Christmas Carol. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons they teach. Jesus comes to meet us as human beings and every nation and tribe under heaven calling us to this great picture of us worshiping him together. Revelation 7, 9. And after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Jesus calls us even today to know him and enjoy the blessings of eternity. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our gathered worship. Thank you for reminding us again of the Christmas story. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that you lived 2,000 years ago, 